Thank you for downloading and listening to the Briam Bible Church Sunday Morning Podcast. Briam Bible Church is located in Shoreline, Washington, morning worship at 11, and many more events throughout the week. For more information, please visit our website at www.bereanshoreline.org. So, we're going to look at Elijah chapter, I mean, Elijah, 1 Kings, First Kings chapter 18 today, and uh, let's have a word of prayer. Father, as we open your word, again, uh, we, we just want to never take for granted the freedom we have to open your word, to preach it, to teach it, to practice it. And the Lord, uh, we just thank you for that privilege today. And so we pray that we would be faithful to it, both understanding and applying it to our lives. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Last week we, um, we, we finished up the, the, the lesson of the contest on Mount Carmel with uh, the prophets of Baal and Elijah and the uh, destruction of the prophets of Baal at the very end of the story as the, as the people step back and, and after, after their sound of silence when, uh, when, uh, when Elijah said, uh, choose, you know, you got to get off the fence, you got to quit jumping from bow to bow, bow to bow, uh, which, which side do you want? Either God or Baal? Pick, pick your God. And the people were quiet. And after the fire from heaven fell and destroyed the altar and uh, sucked it up and licked up the dust and, the, and everything that was gone and was the presence of God and the people bowed down and acknowledged, at least for now, they acknowledged that indeed Jehovah, Yahweh, He is God. And so as we come to the end of that story, verse 41 of chapter 18, Elijah said to Ahab, that is the king Ahab, Go, eat and drink, for there is the sound of heavy rain. This is where we started these lessons. We started these lessons from Elijah with the fact that there had been no rain, and there was famine, there was no food, there was no water. It was a desperate time. And we looked at the, late, the, the story of the widow with the, with the oil and the, and the bread that was given. And we saw um, uh, King Ahab and his servant Obadiah scrounging throughout the land just to find food so they could keep the horses alive for their chariots. And it's because Elijah, we saw in the book of James, it's because Elijah prayed that there would be no rain, that there was no rain in the land. And Elijah's prayer, and we started this study with this thought too, the idea of prayer. God's in charge. God's in control. God is not waiting to see what humans do, what men and women do before he responds. And yet, very clearly, the author James, the Apostle James tells us that God's, that Elijah's prayers had something to do with this. The prayers of a righteous man, Elijah prayed that it would not rain, and it did not rain. And now Elijah announces, go tell the king, eat and drink, for I hear the sound of heavy rain. You know, we were in Sunday school this morning, briefly we heard the sound of heavy rain, right? There's a little bit of downpour there, and if you're going to the game tonight, you may hear and feel the sound of heavy rain. So I'll come to church instead, it'll be dry here. Anyway, <laughs> Verse 41, and then verse 42, so Ahab, Ahab did it. The king, the king did it. He went off and he went home to eat and to drink. But Elijah climbed to the top of Mount Carmel. He bent down to the ground. He put his face between his knees. And he said to his servant, go, look toward the sea, he told his servant. And he went up and looked. 
There is nothing there, he said. Now, as, you look at, as we look at these lessons from the Bible, there is a temptation sometimes to, to treat these as sort of one-dimensional, kind of like the old stick figures you know, that, you, that you draw. They're just sort of like kind of marching in order of what they're supposed to. You know, this is what happens, this is what happens. And so, you know, Elijah's going through this whole routine, like, okay, I'm going to... Um, but I, I want to I suggest to you that... Well, go to the book of James for a moment. Keep, keep something here in First Kings. Go to James chapter 5. There are several places where we get insight into the Old Testament from the New Testament of things we're not told. In fact, we're not even told in Kings that it was because Elijah prayed that it didn't rain. But we are told that in James. And then in this context of verse 16, where James tells the people, the Apostle James, the brother of the Lord, therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous man is power and effective. Elijah was a man just like us. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. It's interesting, there's three different words for prayer used in that passage that I just read to you. Three different words for prayer, but they overlap. The third one really has the idea, has the idea of a sort of begging. That Elijah begged, he implored, he he persevered in his prayer to God. But I hope you caught that phrase. And in fact, I sort of like the the way the King James, um, the King James has it. That when it it talks about Elijah, it, it says that Elijah was a man who had like passions as us. Elijah was a human. He had like passions like us. And not so, don't think of so much in the idea of lust, like in the negative sense. But what are you passionate about? What do you feel strongly about? Do you think, you think Dan and Tina and Joanne, they're passionate about the work in Africa? What are you passionate about today? Where's your passion? And, and, and Elijah was a man just like us. He had human passions. He felt strongly. He had emotions. He was a human. He was not a robot. He was not a stick figure that just pushed the button and prayed and things happened. James said he prayed earnestly and God responded. Was God in charge? Yes. Did his prayers matter? Yes. And Elijah prayed and he was passionate. Which says to me, I wonder, when Elijah announced, I hear the sound of rain, go tell the king. And he gets down and he puts his hand, he gets down and he puts his, he puts his face down between his legs and, and, and he's praying. And while he's praying, his servant comes back and says, Elijah, it's not raining. If he's just like you, what would you think? Oh, I, I know, but this is not number seven yet. Just don't worry about it. Go back. No, no, I know what I would say. God! What? I, I prayed for rain and it rained. I hear the sound of rain. I'm praying for rain. I've, he's announced to the king, the whole world, everybody knows it's going to rain. And he comes back and says, Elijah, it's not raining. And with passion, he says, go back there. And he bows down again, puts his, puts his head between his knees, and he begs God, God, let it rain. The man comes back. It's not raining, Elijah. Six times. He comes back. 
It's not raining, Elijah. Now, either Elijah is going through the motions because he knows number seven is the the number of perfection, (laughs) or if he's like passions, homoi patheos. Homoi means like. Patheos is where we get pathos from. Passions, humanity. If Elijah is like me, I'm thinking the seventh time, God, if you don't do this, uh, what are we going to do? I've told them it's going to rain. God, please, please let it rain. Let it rain. And I wonder if he's waiting for that guy to come back, thinking, please don't say it's not, it's not raining again. He's down on the ground, his head's between his knees. He's begging God. He's passionate. He's praying. He, he loves his people. He loves that the fact that, that Baal's worshipers have been destroyed. This could be a turning point. They could come back to God. They could return to God. Israel and Judah could unite. They could stave off destruction. This could be the day God let it rain. And the man comes back the seventh time. Verse 44. And he said, A cloud as small as a man's hand is rising from the sea. What that means, he looked off in the sky, and if you put your fist like that, from here the cloud was about this big, coming off from the west, over the hills toward Mount Carmel, coming off from it, one cloud. One cloud. And Elijah knows God has responded. That is a rain cloud. One cloud. And Elijah says, Go and tell Ahab, Hitch up your chariot. Go down before the rain stops you. You know, in some places they have rainy seasons. And they know what that means. And just get down there before you, your, your chariot won't work. And at verse 30, 45, the sky grew black with clouds. The wind rose and a heavy rain came on. And Ahab rode off to Jezreel. Look at this, verse 46. The power of the Lord came upon Elijah. The power of God came upon this man was was just as human as you are. With like passions. Just like us. He wasn't a superhero. He was a man. But he was a man who loved God, who was passionate about his people. He was passionate about God's work. He served God. He put his life out there. But he was passionate just like us. He tucked his cloak into his belt. And he took off and he ran ahead of Ahab all the way to Jezreel. You know, this is a sign of respect. This is the amazing thing about this. The amazing thing about this is that God is offering Ahab an opportunity to repent. This man was wicked. His wife Jezebel was wicked, wicked, wicked. But God gives him a chance to repent. He says, you go, you go down. And, Ahab, and, and Elijah shows his respect like you would do by going in front of the king to prepare the way. And he goes down to Jezreel. And the rains come. And the rains come. And the famine is over. And Israel is at a turning point. They're at a turning point. They're either going to continue and reunite and worship the one true God, or they are going to be destroyed and spread throughout the world.
But this is the day. And you know what, what kind of impressed me about this? And this is all we're going to talk about Elijah this morning. Next week's a very, very, very important and practical lesson from the life of Elijah next week. I hope you can be here. It's one of my favorite passages in the scripture. But you know, we're going to share communion together now in just a moment. And you know what? We really, we really kind of, a verse that one of the commentators drew toward and really caught my heart as we, as we prepare today is in Hebrews chapter 5. Hebrews chapter 5. You can open your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 5. And this is about the life of the Lord Jesus Christ. And this is that passage that talks about Christ being a high priest in the order of Melchizedek. It's a very, very important and wonderful passage of Scripture. So I want you to look at verse 7. Hebrews 5, 7. During the days of Jesus' life on earth, he offered up prayers and petitions with loud cries and tears to the one who could save him from death. Now listen to this. Think about this. This is, this is Christ who we preach and teach, rightly so, is God. He is as much God as the Father and the Holy Spirit. But he came to earth and fully and completely, completely embraced our humanity, but without sin. I mean, that is a miracle as we come toward Christmas and in the, in the Advent season again. Every year it's a miracle. It would have been wonderful if Christ had come and appeared like the heretics taught, that he just appeared to be a man. That I can understand. But that he became as much human as I am human and you are human, but without sin, and did not give up his divinity. He was so human that while he was on earth, he didn't go through the motions. He prayed to God. He cried out. He begged. It says he, it was tears. Listen, this is God the Son. He prayed with loud cries and tears to the one who could save him from death. And he was heard because, not because this was the program, not because this was set up, it was. But the Bible says, I'm not, I didn't write this. Whoever wrote this, Hebrews of Paiso wrote this. He was, he, he, and, and he suffered, but he was heard because of his reverent submission. Although he was a son, he learned obedience from what he suffered, and once made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him. Amen? Listen, Jesus Christ, as we come to the table this morning, we are selling, you know, the Apostle Paul says in Corinthians, when you do this, it's interesting he says, you remember his death until he comes. It doesn't even say his resurrection. It, Paul says we are celebrating the death of Christ when we take this little piece of bread and this little cup of juice that symbolizes body and blood. He became so human that when he suffered, it hurt. It was painful. It was excruciating. 
When he was on earth, it was, it was, it was, it was so suffering to be a human being like us that he had to cry out to God with tears and loud cries and, and beg God, the Father, God the Son, and God heard him because he was obedient to his call. That's what it says. I wouldn't have written it that way, but that's what it says. What a mystery. And as Elijah was a man of prayer with like passions, so our Savior Jesus Christ was a man of like passions like you. He was passionate about God's work. He was passionate about the children he picked up and held and held close to him. He was passionate about the leper that no one would dare touch that he went down and, and touched and healed. He was passionate about those who came to him, that the tax collectors and the prostitutes and the others that nobody would dare. He was passionate about the rabbis and the Pharisees and the rich young ruler. He was, he was a man like us with like passions and he prayed to God, Oh God, save me. Oh God, change your hearts. Oh God, think of that. When you go to God, listen, have you ever been in prayer to God have you ever been in prayer to God where you have just cried out, begged Him, God, please, please, please. And maybe it happened the way you were hoping and maybe God has or is answering another way. Elijah was a man just like us. And the rains came pouring down. And the Lord Jesus Christ, and that's why the author of Hebrews can say, we don't have a high priest who is disconnected. What a, what a difference between us and all the other religions in the world. We have a high priest who knows what it's like to be passionate, to suffer, to love, to laugh, to cry, to rejoice. To have hopes. To have anticipations. Say goodbye to family. (laughs) Just like us. As we come to the table this morning, my friend, let's enter into that this morning. That He was one of us, but without sin. And because of that, the cross of Calvary and the empty tomb. And today... We are forgiven. And we have hope. Elders, come and join up front. And we're going to serve to you uh, the plates first. Just please take a piece of bread and just hold it and just meditate. Think. Uh, think of some scriptures. Think of the body of our Lord Jesus Christ who, who was, it was given for us. And then we'll eat this together in just a moment. The Apostle Paul writing to the Corinthian church began this uh, tradition for the Christian church as a reminder from that uh, very um, personal and intimate Last Supper that Jesus shared with his disciples. He loved them. It says he he loved them to the end. He loved them so much. As we were reminded last year in our Good Friday service that he 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 even served Judas. For I received from the Lord what I passed on to you. 
the Lord Jesus, in the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and he said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's eat the bread and just close our eyes for a moment of quiet prayer and give God thanks for the broken body of our Savior. Father, why you chose to love us, we do not know. Every one of us in the depths of our heart know how unworthy we are of your love, your mercy, and your grace. We are so human. We are so human. But Father, our Savior Jesus Christ became human too. So he could fully take our place and die in our place to pay for my sin and pay for our sins. And we just want you to know today, with our limitations, but as a people, we are passionate about your love for us. And we do love you. And we do thank you. In the name of our Savior. Now before I, before I serve, you guys stay here, serve the cup. Hey, Moyer family and Joanne, could you guys come on down and just sit right down front here? I'm going to serve you guys first. This be our way of uh, dedication. You guys are going back. We've been, there, we've been there with you for a long time. Many of us have traveled with you on teams. Why don't you guys just come and sit right in front here. And we want to serve you first as, as a way of just a prayer dedication. How much we love you and we're going with you. Part of your ministry. And then after the service, I want to dismiss you guys first so you can greet them and, and say hello to them. Okay? So, uh, would it be okay if I serve them? Okay? Thank you. That would be my privilege. Occasionally I've been, uh, I don't want to say scolded, but reminded that sometimes maybe talk too much about sacrifice and service and encouraging us to, to serve the Lord with joy. When, when sometimes people want to leave this place just feeling good about things. I want you to feel good. Really, I do. I want to feel good too. But I don't make any apologies for that. I'm sorry. Um, we serve because we love. We should sacrifice. Why shouldn't we? Why are we so different than the rest of Christian history? Why shouldn't we sacrifice? I was thinking back when we went to Zambia in 1998, 14 years ago, August. And I remember going down to Victoria Falls, and I think it was Natalie. How was Natalie? Was it Natalie? It had malaria. We had to stop at some little pharmacy and get medication for malaria. We took malaria medication so we couldn't get it, but they couldn't do that when they lived there. It's a sacrifice to serve God. But Dan, Joanne, any other better way to serve? Come on. Let's give our lives. Young people, Give our lives. Let's be passionate like Elijah and like our Lord. And let us serve the Lord with joy and courage wherever He takes us this week. Let's drink the cup 
in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and the blood that was shed for our sins. You are such a wonderful congregation. It is such a joy to be your pastor. And I know I speak for Kevin and Gary and for Susie and the work that they do here. Um, hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So good to be with you this morning. Let's sing our last song. Come on up here, Alex. You picked out something really special for us to sing, right? Get the, of course. <laughs> Alex wouldn't pick out something we didn't want to sing. So I want you to sing it. With your hearts. Turn them loose. Come on over here, you guys. More ears. Remember, we're a prayer with you. I'm going to dismiss you guys first. I want you to greet them. Give them your best. Tina, God bless you. Come on over here. Girls. Man, everybody's taller than you, Tina, except the staff. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite. <laughs> God bless you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, again, we just want to give this family to you. Lord, we thank you for them. Uh, I just think over the years how many of us they have hosted in Africa. Uh, and showing us not only a good time, but uh, showing us what the ministry was like and, and loving people and sharing with the leaders there. So again, we just want to pray your blessing on them on this new endeavor and their passions, Lord, for serving you. Uh, keep them safe. Bring them back to us safely. Be with Cliff and Bonnie and Kip as they uh, say goodbye, Lord. And uh, we just look forward to, to, to just reaching out our hands across the globe and this vision and passion they have to see these communities and the Christian leaders emerge and impact their community for Jesus Christ. Bless them, bring them home, but give them a good trip, and we look forward to hearing good things. In Christ our Savior's name, all God's people say it together. Amen. Hallelujah. You guys, why don't you go on out first? We want to greet, greet you. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for coming.